0: Most of us in here, we remember the early days of math. Remember those beginning lessons? One plus one equals two, and two plus zero equals two. Recall all those word problems? That was my downfall. If Sally went to the store to buy three candy bars, and then she left that store and went to another store to buy two candy bars, then how many candy bars would Sally have? My problem was this. I asked a teacher, why did Sally have to go to a second store in the first place? They didn't like that. Because I was just curious, but Sally, if she was already at the store, why does she have to go to a second store to buy more candy bars? It makes sense to me. But anyway, then it went on there from 1 plus 1 and 2 plus 0 and so on and so forth to 4 times 4, 156 divided by 0.5. And then what about uh, the hypotenuse and trapezoid? the dreaded quadragonal formulas and trigonomic formulas. The bottom line is that uh, all of that would not be possible if we did not get uh, the foundational principles and understanding of was one car plus one car. How many ice cream cones would you have if you had a one in your left hand and one in your right hand? Some people would say none because I would have eaten them ahead of time. Addition is one thing we learned and refer to over and over again in one form or another for the rest of our lives. It is foundational for our understanding of basic math. Today's message is also foundational to our faith as well. But if you have uh, never heard it or disregarded it, it may seem strange to you. It may even seem out of place to your thinking. And guess what? For right now, that's okay. It's okay right now. That's okay because uh, today you have a chance to lay that foundation and establish it in your life today. today's message is a foundational teaching by Christ because our very existence it depends upon it trusting it it is true that the spiritual life that over time it becomes a little bit more involved and complex we do learn new things and and more truths uh, one compounded upon the other over time We learn about theology eschatology soteriology. Uh, We we learn about these things. But Jesus says that all of that does not matter if we stumble over the most basic and foundational lesson that he has to offer us concerning faith. What is that lesson? Please. Mark chapter 8 verse 31. Mark chapter 8 verse 31. 31 the foundational teaching every disciple every follower of Jesus Christ must know mark chapter 8 verse 31 and he began to teach them he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders And the chief priest scribes and be killed, and after three days, rise again. So Jesus taught that uh, that the Son of Man must suffer, that the Son of Man must be rejected, uh, that he must be killed, and that he would rise on the third day. How much confidence do you place in predictions that people give about one thing or another? Uh, is it really meaningful to you or is it uh, something that you think is nothing but wishful thinking? Or did uh, or do people who have these visions and, and these dreams is it because they had too much pizza or, uh, or, or too many pieces of fried chicken before they went to bed at night? This Teaching of Jesus Christ was so significant that he mentioned it three times to his disciples take a look we're already in one place keep your finger there but look over to uh, mark chapter 9 verse 30 look at that mark chapter 9 verse 30 and 31 and he was teaching his disciples saying to them the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him and when he is killed after three days rise mark chapter 10 please verse 32 mark chapter 10 let's go down to verse 33 mark chapter 10 verse 33 saying uh, see you are going up to jerusalem We are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes and they will condemn Him to death and deliver Him over to the Gentiles and they will mock Him and spit on Him and flog Him and kill Him and after three days He will do what? He will rise. It is important for us because, as with other teachings, that oftentimes we get so trying to understand uh, what is God saying to us their own mindsets uh, somehow we don't quite get it don't understand why was it even necessary so therefore sometimes we don't willingly accept what Jesus has to say and we need repeated exposure and I recall in my early days of martial art training but oftentimes we learn about a time I made it to the place where I was in my training. I, I knew thousands upon thousands of techniques, literally. Thousands upon thousands of techniques. Not just one, not just how to do this, but thousands. I knew how to do it on both sides of my body on top of a weird thing. But the only way that you could be able to recall those things is if you do it repeatedly. Same thing as a musician. If you're a musician, you know what I'm talking about. Remember the days of practicing one thing? I shouldn't say those days. Uh, Remember how, as a musician, you practice one thing over and over again? recalling the days uh, that one time that I went in for a music lesson and I was having trouble with the one exercise and my teacher told me your problem is you just have not practiced it enough I'm like what do you mean He says, you need to practice it again so one day I set my heart to do exactly what he wanted to do and this one exercise I must have practiced it 100 times in a row one two three four five and each time would probably last about 30 seconds but after 30 seconds I got it. So here is a teaching that of the myriad of teachings that Jesus had to offer, uh, that He provides for uh, His disciples, saying that this is something that you have to know. This is something that we must internalize. This is something that we must walk with. But very interesting, each of these repeated teachings is prefaced somehow with a phrase like, back at Mark, chapter 8, look at verse 30. They were prefaced by a phrase like, and he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. Look at Mark 9, verse 30, the second part of verse 30 in Mark, chapter 9. And he didn't want anyone to know. Look at that. And then Mark, chapter 10, the last part of verse 32 and taking the 12 again, right? In other words, he took the 12 aside. So each time uh, he focused uh, this teaching only upon uh, those disciples who were his most trusted. But we also remember that these very men would go the longest and over the long haul with Jesus Christ. Yes, they would deny him one day, uh, but nevertheless, uh, they would soon come to their senses and and hold fast to the teachings of Jesus Christ. But also remember that there was a time in which uh, there were many disciples that followed Jesus Christ. There were more than 12, right? There were hundreds of people who followed Jesus Christ. And then he walked the one time, and he says that uh, you must eat my flesh. He says that you must drink my blood. And when they heard that, uh, some said, what's up, What what is he talking about? What is this Jesus person talking about, eating his flesh and drinking his blood? Jesus told them, he says, look here that if you don't eat my flesh if you do not drink my blood you will have no part in me. From that day many turned away and no longer walked with Jesus Christ. What about you? What about you? Have you turned away from Christ? because? The demands of the holy God was too much for you. Did you turn away from Christ when he says, sin no more? Part of carrying our own cross is living in obedience with the truth that Jesus has laid out for us. So, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is necessary. Because it is through this that he atones for our sins and delivers peace with us through God notice that the teaching of atonement uh, uh, for our sins is not present in what Jesus was teaching his disciples. Look back again here, at Mark chapter 8, and you'll see it in the other passages as well. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. Uh, never at any time did he, he say, for your sins. but then turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now we see formula modified. 1st Corinthians chapter 15 verse three and four. Paul says, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried uh, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures you see that now now paul says that christ died for our sin but jesus consistently taught that he must suffer be rejected killed and rise again uh, on the third day where is this part at for our sins well, look at what was prophesied about Jesus from the very beginning, Matthew chapter one, verse twenty-one. Matthew one, verse twenty-one. Concerning Mary, the Scripture says, "She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their what?" As a matter of fact, let's let's uh, uh, let's shout this out together. We're going to read this whole passage together. Mark, uh, uh, Matthew 1, 21. Let's read this together out loud. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from, from their sins. There it is. And then Luke uh, chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and say, and to save whom the lost Mark 19 10 come on Uh, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost the lost they are sinners that was us come on that was you and me Jesus came to do it for you and me this is why he came song says he came from heaven to earth to do what to show the way Jesus had a mission And he would not be deterred from it at all. He would go on to the cross. Jesus would endure the shame and suffering. He would resist the urge to rightfully uh, lash out at those who mocked him. Uh, uh, The devil told Jesus, go ahead and fall off uh, the pinnacle of this temple, and you can call a myriad of angels to lift you up. Jesus certainly could have done that, but he didn't. But then, here, back in Mark 31, Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. This phrase originally made his entrance in the Gospel of Mark, back in uh, Mark 2, verse 10. But then we have seen that the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. Seeing that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to do what? To serve that the son of man here in mark 13 uh, matthew 13 37 that the son of man he sows good seed in luke 5 24 the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sin mark 14 62 the son of man will be seated at the right hand of power matthew nineteen twenty-eight. the son of man will sit on his glorious th- throne and then luke 12 8 the passage says, people who acknowledge him is the Son of Man, that the Son of Man will acknowledge them before an audience of angels in heaven. So as the Son of Man, we view Jesus as one who came to serve the people as he connects us with God. Initially, his ministry is not about kneeling at his throne, but about getting people to understand that the great life awaits them for those who trust in him as his Lord and Savior. So it is true that the Son of Man, that he must suffer, that he needed to suffer. He needed to be rejected. He needed to be killed. And he did rise from the dead after three days next so after hearing this teaching another mindset comes into the picture and here it is the satanic and the humanistic reject this vision of Jesus Christ The satanic and the humanistic, they reject this idea of Jesus having to come uh, to be rejected, uh, to suffer, and to be killed, and to rise again on the third day. The humanistic and the satanic, they say, no, uh, we don't accept that. What are you talking about? A mind that is not discerning cannot receive the things of God. Note that here in verse 32 of Mark 8 that Peter turned around and rebuked Jesus for suggesting that he would be shamed and killed but Jesus turned around and rebukes Peter and attributes Peter's inability to discern God's will as being sourced in the Satanic what you mean to tell me that someone can say something that can be sourced uh, in the Satanic and darkness in the dominion of darkness I tell you absolutely right you are correct Peter had a very strong disapproval of what Jesus was saying. Here the disciple was trying to act like the teacher while making the teacher seem like a pupil. But Jesus says, absolutely not. Uh, we're not going to have that because Peter, you don't know what you're talking about, devil. Peter got it twisted. He got it all wrong. Prior to this, if you remember, uh, ahead of uh, uh, Mark uh, 8, 31, uh, Jesus asked Peter, uh, who do you say I am? Remember that? And Jesus said what? You are, come on, you the man, you you, the Christ. Peter says to Jesus, you are the man. But even in that, Jesus would not allow Peter to be the one to publicize this messiahship to the people for various reasons. But also, uh, during the course of Jesus' ministry, oftentimes the devil or someone would show up to try to rein in Jesus, uh, saying, We're not going to let this Jesus get through. Satan used Herod's Merciless slaughter of all male children two years old and under in order to eliminate Jesus Uh, uh, The devil said I'm going to use Herod And since Herod says since I can't figure out who is who Then what I'm going to do I'm just going to kill all male kids two years old and under I'll get that Jesus one way or another Luke chapter 4 The devil attempted to get Jesus to take his own life or to disqualify him uh, by getting him to worse, worship the devil. And then remember, it was a time when his own mother and siblings who said, you know, this Jesus, you know, uh, call my son to me. He must have lost his last mind. So now, after trying many things, the devil tries to use those closest to him, to Jesus, to convince Jesus to give up and go live a ripe old age in the country somewhere. And you know what? Those are some of the same schemes that the devil tr- tries to use on us today. Be you aware of that? But the same old stuff uh, that Jesus was doing then, that he does that to us today. So you must be on the lookout. We must be on the lookout. You must be aware at the games uh, that the devil plays uh, to try to prevent you from standing strong in the mission of Jesus Christ wherever you work, wherever you live, and wherever you recreate. Uh, That the devil wants to stand there and tell you, you don't have to worry about all that Jesus stuff. Just go ahead and live your life like everybody else. But face it, Jesus had some very gloomy things to say. Who walks around saying that I'm going to suffer, they're going to kill me, and I'm going to die? This is what he tells people who want to follow them. Come on, that's not victorious. That's not victory. That's not how, how people run around in church and say, I am victorious, I am victorious. This man that God has set forth, this God-man, 100% God and 100% man uh, that he walked around says, they're going to kill me and I'm going to die. Who wants to follow someone like that? You see, a leader like that has no longevity. Because in our minds, we only think as far as the death. We can't see the pardon on the third day rise again because that doesn't make sense. Right? If somebody tells you that you're gonna die is like that's gonna be it until Jesus come back but Jesus says on the third day that he's gonna rise again but they couldn't hear that have you ever had a conversation with someone and they were talking but you really didn't hear what they were saying some say yeah my wife and not my my wife I ain't talking about my wife I'm talking about your wife right and some would say yeah my husband right some would say yeah my parents right Uh, Someone say, "Yeah, my kids." It goes. Someone say, "My boss." Someone say, "My employee." Right? Sometimes people are talking. It's right? like their, 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 their mouth is moving, but there are no words coming out their mouth. So when Jesus got to the part about him uh, him dying and then uh, rising again on a third day, I can imagine. We don't see this in scripture, but I can imagine all they can hear is this: "He's gonna die. He's gonna die." That's it. He's going to die. This is going to be over with. And Peter says, ah, you are a leader. It is not going to happen to you. No way. Jesus' language did not give them immediate hope. They had been waiting on this Messiah all of this time. Imagine what was going through their mind in this moment of being instructed. (laughs) Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 6 this is what they were waiting for Acts chapter 1 verse 6 and then get ready for Matthew chapter 20 after that Uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 6 so then they had come together they asked him this is Jesus Lord so this is after he was resurrected from the dead now Lord will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel it's like wait a minute jesus just showed up from the dead and all you can think about what's going to happen in politics who's going to be the leader in 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 america jesus will it be the democrats will it be the republicans he rises from the dead and that's the first thing that you think about no Jesus, says nah right nah remember that matthew 20 verse 21 He said to her, what do you want? She said to him, this is Jesus, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. See what they were thinking about, Mother Crockett, was the fact that they wanted a position of leadership once the the whole uh, politics thing had played out. They wanted to be governor. They wanted to be a senator they wanted to be the secretary of state they were saying Jesus would you give us a job in your kingdom CAN YOU GIVE US A JOB? And, AND BY KINGDOM AGAIN, THEY'RE ONLY THINKING TEMPORARY, uh, the, THAT GOD WOULD SOON COME AND RESTORE EVERYTHING BACK TO ISRAEL SO THAT THEY WOULD NO LONGER BE VICTIMS OF ROME, NO LONGER BE VICTIMS OF Greek, uh, of THE GREECE, NO LONGER VICTIMS OF THE BABYLONIANS, NO LONGER VICTIMS OF THE ASSYRIANS, NO LONGER VICTIMS uh, OF THE Medes, NO LONGER VICTIMS. YOU SEE, JESUS CAME, THEY WERE THINKING TO BE THEIR CURRENT president and to lead them in victory so they will no longer have to live in fear politics is what they had in mind so Jesus told him that look here then you are thinking about the things of this world and not the things of God so Jesus rebukes Peter because he was moved by Satan to attempt to prevent Jesus from carrying out his mission Humanity in us wants to protect and prevent someone we have spent time with, someone we love from falling prey to a set of circumstances that are preventable. This is the humanistic approach, because it reeks of the flesh, and by the flesh, we're talking about uh, reeking of the desires that we want to do. Right? It talks about our own personal desires and how we want to find ourselves in five years. You see, Jesus, if my mama don't speak up for me now and get a position for me to be your vice president or your secretary of state, then I'm going to be lost. We're thinking about our family. How will our family thrive? So Jesus, do something for my two boys. I know they're a little crazy sometimes, but would you do something for them? So for Peter, as he spoke up, this death was not necessary. Why couldn't Jesus simply exercise his authority and go and sit on the throne? Some would argue that if your God is so great, why didn't he just bypass the whole death thing? This is why some people will tell you in the New York Minute, I don't need your Jesus. They think that they have it all together. Here it is, Brother Cleveland. So when Jesus says... 9-1. Truly I say to you there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom after it has come with power. What Jesus was saying is simply this, that you need to deny yourself now because if you don't you will find yourself in a position that you're going to be face to face with the kingdom of God and then it's going to be too late. For some of you it's going to be a good thing, but for the other folks it's going to be a bad thing. But what will your position be when you see the son of man coming in the clouds with his glory. What will it be? But we will tell them that this is the very point about this death thing, the death of Jesus Christ. This is the point because God, he demands justice. We cannot and would not be able to compensate for the dark unpleasantness that is at our very core. You are dark. We all are dark at our very core. That is something inside of us that wants to oppose God. And this is the fallen nature of mankind. He said, Well, I'll just change myself with my willpower. The prophet Jeremiah says this. Jeremiah 13, can an Ethiopian change his skin color? Can a leopard change his spots? You cannot change your sin nature. I don't care how hard you try. You can't do it on your own. Some would say, well, I've seen some people change their skin color because they make this skin bleach, and they put this stuff, yeah, I've seen it too, and they end up looking like a leopard when they're done with the two over a period of time. Uh, but the bottom line, you ain't changing nothing. All you're trying to do is change the pigmentation, but you are still that which you are. Regardless of how much you try to change, oh, oh Lord, right? No, regardless of how much you try to change yourself on the outside, you still who you are on the inside. You can go to as many doctors and have them cut and snip and add and take away, and you are still a man or you're still a woman on the inside. That's the bottom line. Do we love you? Yes, we do love you. Why? Because you were still made in the image of God. But I tell you be careful for those of uh, those folks who want to change themselves because you will uh, you will come face to face God with God and God is not going to know who you are because he says, "Wait a minute. I thought uh, I had a person like you, but they were a man or a woman. You're just the opposite. So you can't be the person that I made. So therefore, get out of my sight." God himself may not even recognize you. So at your very core, at our very core, we cannot change who we are. The humanistic would say, there is no need for one person to die for another. uh uh-uh. To them, this is unnecessary because each person is responsible for both the good and the evil they perpetrate. They say, since everybody is good, they say, God is automatically pleased with them. There should be no fear of divine retribution. Failure to comprehend and having fear, it impedes the embracing of this critical truth. 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 This crucial truth. Got it did. Again, Mark chapter 9, verse 30. Mark 9, verse 30. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. Uh, you get the story by now? And when he is killed after three days, he will rise, verse 32 now. Uh, but they did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. This is now the second time that Jesus brings the teaching forward, and they still didn't get it. Now before we begin to rail against these disciples, understand where we are in our walk with Jesus Christ. Did you understand, if you've been a Christian for a little bit, did you understand everything that you needed to know about Jesus Christ from that moment that you raised your hand or sorry, confessed your sins before the Lord? Before the did you understand everything that there was? I don't think, most of us didn't. Or we thought we may have heard the information or we got the information, but we really didn't understand it to a T. We didn't didn't get this whole thing. No. Because all we did was trust in Jesus. We trusted him that his word was true and that it it would all come to pass and that he is real. We trusted him. In fact, most of us in here still do not fully comprehend the work of jesus what he did for us we knew there was something that was not not right about us we knew there was a huge void in our lives even though we tried medicating it even though we tried utilizing multiple relationships in order to fix it or even though we tried to ignore it by working ourselves in the ground the bottom line is that Jesus is the answer and regardless of how much you know or how little you know that we must trust him with all of our hearts when God said welcome to me when God says come to me all those who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest we rejoice and said thank you Jesus we finally had the answer, but did not fully understand how the answer came to be. So when we get in those places that we don't understand, just ask. Right? Now I can help you out with quite a quite a bit of stuff. But I want you to know that I am not God and I am not Jesus, and I am definitely not the Holy Spirit. Uh, John 14, 28. So when you come to that place and you're trying to get to that understanding, this is the place that you need to go. John 14, 26. But the help Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. It is the Holy Spirit who will begin to teach you. And for many of you, it is the Holy Spirit that's even teaching you right now. If you're willing to embrace it and say, yes, Jesus, I accept what the Holy Spirit is teaching me right now. Yeah, I am here for a reason, yes. But the Holy Spirit takes it to depths that I can only wish that could happen. And I would have to be God in order to make it happen. Then finally, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection was imminent for those disciples. It was coming soon. But it is also essential for us. Mark chapter 10, verse 32, 34, through 34. Third time. And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem and Jesus was walking ahead of them and they were amazed and those who followed were afraid taking the twelve again he began to tell them what was to happen to him saying please read with me beginning in verse 33 please saying see we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him and after three days he will what he will rise and we can say and after three days he did rise hallelujah come on you can do better than that for the Lord hallelujah We must absolutely follow Christ even when it seems as if doing so does not look like it is the road to victory. You might be hurt. You might be walking funny. You may not be right in the mind all the way. Things may not be going on your job the way that you want them to be. But I want you to know that if you are in Christ, you are victorious. It has already happened. The contract is signed and has been delivered. You have nothing to worry about. Live for him. This final approach into Jerusalem is where Jesus would eventually be condemned. So now when it says, and they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, this was his final approach. He would dip in and dip back out for a hot second but eventually this was the final approach to this execution it had to be and it was necessary so this prophetic teaching would not only be for the disciples to understand how god works through his promised word for them but also for us some believe that the reason jesus was able to predict this series of circumstances was it was due to jesus ability to read people i mean give me a break right Jesus was God and if he was God he was omniscient and if he's omniscient that means he knows what? He knows everything. Jesus knew it. Jesus also knew that he would fulfill prophecy. But this teaching as a fulfillment of prophecy would become the bedrock of the good news we all know today that which we ourselves hold on to as our hope and that is the gospel. These three times Jesus wanted his disciples to understand and come to grips with the message of sadness but also it was a message of hope because if we do not uh, shut Jesus off after he died then our ears are open to hear that he rose who needs Jesus we need Jesus who needs Jesus I need Jesus who needs Jesus Jesus died for our sins he was buried and on the third day he rose from the dead Jesus is our confidence and Jesus is our hope let's pray